7.32. Uh, President Moon Jae-in adopted his second dog to the Blue House yesterday, a stray dog named Tori. He's the first president to actually adopt abandoned animals as so-called first pets. Last year, though, the number of pet-owning households in this country exceeded 10 million for the first time, many of whom presumably were also using those stores that sell pets from either factories or much more commercial breeding operations. But uh, let's look into the implications regarding regulations in this country and relevant laws before getting an international perspective. We have Isul Gi, member of the Korea Association for Animal Protection, on the line. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Well, it's a pleasure having you. And, and, and what a wonderful sight it was to see President Moon setting this example, adopting a stray dog. Do you, do you think it will have a positive effect on increasing animal adoption in this country? Yeah, I think there will be a positive effect on animal adoption issues after this president's adoption. Um, uh, first, it can be a good chance to make many people to may, pay more attention to animal issues, like abandoned animals, etc. And because the president adopted a stray dog in person, it will be helpful to abolish society's prejudice against abandoned animals. Well, last year, as I said, we saw households raise their number of pets to above 10 million collectively. What's the significance of that? And what's behind the increase, the, the demand for companion animals? Uh, I think this means animals are not just tools for people's purposes anymore, and there are more and more people who think animals as their own family members. And also, it will be it will lead people to pay more attention to animal rights and animal welfare issues. Uh, there might be many reasons for this situation, but I think the major cause, especially in Korea, is that the number of single households is increasing. Uh, many people who choose to live alone for many reasons uh, choose to raise companion animals to comfort loneliness. And I think everybody who I know who owns a pet does indeed welcome them as a member of the family. And you can't imagine them wanting to be without them. But we can't ignore the fact that annually 300,000 companion animals that we know of are abandoned. And that comes at a cost of 10 billion won in managing the problem. What, what do you think is behind this mass abandonment every year? Oh, I think the main reason why many companion animals are abandoned is that many people still don't think them as living thing with noble life. People need to be more responsible with their animals just as they treat their own family. Because people are not responsible enough they abandon animals if they are sick, ugly, or so many other reasons. Uh, so I think this is the main reason why so many animals are abandoned. It's not cheap having a pet. Dogs and cats obviously need to be fed regularly, and the food can be quite expensive, to use those two as probably very common examples. And in fact... Uh, the feed business is is a problem because most products are being imported. D does that need to change? Yeah, I think it it should be changed. Now we import a lot of feed products, but there are several pro problems. Uh, many experts said that important feed product ingredients are not 
that healthy and good food. And to maintain good condition of imported feed products, there are a lot of preservative substances which are not good for animals. So we should develop good quality and healthy feed products using good ingredients by ourselves. Another problem is when animals need medical treatment. Uh, and, and if the, the cost is too high, someone might be uh, at a loss and, and feel that abandonment is, is the way out. Uh, as misguided as that may be, you can see why they could have that thought. H- how can we alleviate that burden for otherwise loving families of pets who, who would want to be able to afford that treatment? Uh, I think it is a big problem that should be solved as soon as possible uh, because there are no limitations or standards of the cost of treating animals. There are many hospitals that demand more money than normal. But pet families don't know well about the system of treatment, so they, do, so they don't have no choice. So to alleviate the burden and prevent from too expensive cost of treatment, we need the public insurance on animals. Of course, people who do not raise animals might oppose it, but as more and more people raise companion animals and think them as valuable living things, I think it can become true and it should become true. And while we have you on the line, what would you like to say in terms of changing or uh, enhancing animal-related laws and regulations? Uh, I hope laws and regulations can protect animals. Animals are not our properties, and they have rights to live happily. I expect the world that people and animals live happily together. So we need to pay more attention to issues related to animals and try hard with responsibility to protect animals. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Isulgi, from the Korea Association for Animal Protection. Maybe this stretch is into all sorts of areas, including agriculture. We have limited space in this country for agriculture. Uh, But in an ideal world, for both health reasons and for animal welfare reasons, we would have more free-range farming, for example. And for too long, uh, animals have been seen as as objects rather than, indeed, family members. Uh, We may still have a way to go. Other countries have been making rapid progress. Uh, I know to draw a comparison with the United Kingdom, some supermarkets, even several years ago before I left the country, were only stocking free-range eggs, for example, as a a measure. Um, But Professor Richard Cupp is from the School of Law at Pepperdine University in the United States, is an animal rights expert. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And, you know, a, a number of these issues would have to be dealt with separately, as I suggested, I, I can't help thinking there's a cultural backdrop here that means people either have love and respect for animals, and that can stretch to a lot of different animals, or, or, or they don't. Um, and with more than 300,000 pets abandoned each year in Korea, d- does that suggest a, a systematic problem? Uh, I, I don't know how many pets there are in Korea overall. So, you know, well, 10 million last year, the, the number of pet-owning households that's, that's exceeded, that's but we're having 300,000 abandoned yeah. every year. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge percentage, and, and it's a problem. And uh, we have a problem in the United States. I think every, every uh, thoughtful nation on Earth would say that they have a problem if they have any abandonment of pets that they don't, uh, that they don't deal with. But that, that's a very large number. So um, 
yes, I, 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 in the United States, we're one of the countries, along with, with Great Britain, that has had a lot of evolution uh, over the last 20 or 30 years with regard to how we treat animals. And I think we're starting to see that kind of evolution um, in, in, in a number of countries. And I think it's probably something that's likely to spread uh, it's probably something that's closer to its beginning than to uh, a point where it's going to plateau. How do we start to to tackle this issue? Again, I, I know there'll be some local concerns here that you won't necessarily be able to comment on, but when you have a number like that and you're looking to change animal rights culture, what would your advice be? Well, I think one thing I'd hit first off is the term animal rights. I, I get concerned that that, uh, I, that term can create confusion uh, because some people don't know, does that mean just appropriate protection of animals or does that mean something more radical like that we should treat animals uh, as if they have rights that are equivalent to human rights, mm. which would have many, many uh, broad societal implications. So I like to use the word animal or the term animal welfare instead of animal rights, in part to avoid that confusion. It may reach a broader segment of uh, society who could be scared off by uh, radicalism with animal rights. It's not radical to care deeply about appropriate treatment of animals, and I think that focusing on humans' responsibility is what's really going to make uh, a difference. If we abandon an animal, that's a serious failure of moral responsibility. And my understanding is that that is against the law in Korea. And whether we think about that in terms of animal welfare or if we prefer the term animal rights, it's a serious matter, and people who do it should be ashamed and they should be punished. Well, certainly the word welfare uh, is familiar here too, and, and you will find, for example, stamped on egg boxes here with uh, Korean writing uh, but stamped in English welfare um, maybe we need more local language awareness but it's certainly something that people will be aware of here uh, if they look out for it do you think though that also it's very helpful to have the president of the country who happens to be pretty popular at the moment actually adopting a, a pet dog themselves in addition to their collection of pets does that really help and, and other celebrities doing similar Yes, I read about that, and I think that's, that's a fantastic idea on the part of the president. Uh, it's, uh, my experience with animals is anytime you do something that shows that you care about animals, it's going to be a popular move. Uh, you know, there's, there's not really a big crowd cheering against being nice to animals, especially if they don't see any cost to them in doing so. So I think it's very smart for the president to do it. But more importantly, I think it's um, a great signal. Uh, to uh, other people to, to, to be thinking about this. I've seen a culture shift. Uh, I live in, uh, in California, uh, but I think this is probably true throughout the United States. I've seen a culture shift here where now, if probably because uh, celebrities uh, have uh, been publicizing this often and there's been a lot of media uh, attention raised about it, if someone has adopted a pet, uh, they want everyone to know about it <laughs> because it's, it's, it's a way to reflect that I'm a thoughtful, uh, humane person. So we've developed, uh, we're developing a culture where it's increasingly uh, gives one the ability to brag a little bit if one uh, adopts a pet. And that's a great thing because it encourages more people to go out 
and, uh, and, and adopt pets. So I think it's an absolutely brilliant thing uh, that the president did that, uh, probably for his popularity, but more importantly for setting an example for uh, uh, caring seriously about animals. And there have been some notable cases recently of, of animal abuse uh, which have been named and shamed online. In fact, you see this quite regularly on social media. It's very sad to see it, but it's also reassuring that the vast majority of people just will not tolerate the unnecessary harm of, of animals for, for sport or, or fun. Um, do, you, do you think that we need to be punishing animal abuse as we, you know, again, to draw on that human example, as we would punish human abuse? Because I think in the back of our minds, there is perhaps this fear that the sort of person who's prepared to inflict great harm on an innocent animal may well be prepared to do that to a, a person as well. Well, and there are several studies uh, that support that. There, there's, there are peer-reviewed studies that, that make that point. And uh, because I'm from the United States, that's my frame of reference. And I'm sorry if I keep repeating No, you. please do. We, we, we're interested in the U.S. examples. <laughs> Well, that's what I know. Uh, we have, in the United States, seen an incredibly rapid evolution of the last 25 years and the seriousness of the criminal penalties for abuse of animals. Uh, back 25 years ago, very few states uh, made it a serious crime to engage in serious abuse of animals. And in 2014, South Dakota became the last of all 50 states to have changed that so that now in every one of our states, uh, if one engages in serious abuse, it can be a serious crime uh, where one can serve more in jail for the crime. Uh, and the way a lot of those uh, laws were passed was by reference to the fact that if someone is engaged in cruelty to animals, it's a strong predictor that they could be engaged in cruelty toward humans also. So the idea is we need to catch that sort of uh, sadism and the, uh, and the uh, nip it in the bud when it is involving animals so that it doesn't spread to, hu to hurt humans as well. Yes, indeed. Um, I guess what I'm just wondering is when, when the farming industry uh, is systematically abusive uh, and, and we're desensitized to that, um, that's not so much a problem of of um of being violent to animals but just turning a blind eye i guess to that violence but that's an issue probably for another day with a with a farming expert professor cup we're out of time now thank you so much for joining us well i enjoyed talking to you greatly thank you likewise richard cup out of pepperdine university maybe you're an animal lover maybe you've got your pet dog sitting alongside you right now and you'd like to raise your voice and and offer some support for those who've you know, got a puppy right now, struggling a bit, needs some words of encouragement. It's great the internet's there these days, but the internet can also be um, a frightening place with uh, lots of conflicting advice. So do share some words of encouragement if you feel you want to do so. Pound a sharp 1013 for 51 per message.